I want to see if I can carry you with me with uh, in this last portion of uh, Romans chapter 7, because uh, although I alluded to it yesterday, well, more than alluded, I mentioned it and uh, see, sought to explain it, but there is something really very interesting in the uh, last part of Romans and uh, of chapter 7, and I want to explore it a little bit more with you. You remember then that Paul is saying that we are delivered from the law, we died to the law, and uh, we did this because the law, when mixed with human nature, which is fallen and broken, does not bring righteousness, but creates more panic and more sin and more desire for sin, because the fear of what the law is saying simply pushes us away from God and into our darkness, where we need more comfort in quotes, from sin, because we have no comfort from God having pushed him away. And Paul then asks, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And then he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And what many people think that means is that now I'm delivered from my human nature in the sense that I, I don't have it anymore. I've overcome it. Somehow I uh, no longer am tempted by it. I'm dead to it. And uh, they um, uh, have come to a false conclusion about this. In fact, let me tell you something that is really strange. One of the uh, translators of the Bible, uh, a well-known man in, in many decades ago, Moffat, the Moffat translation of the Bible, I think he translated it around 1901, he was so confused, shall I say, by what follows after Paul has said, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, that he actually transposed the latter part of verse 25 and moved it up because to him it didn't make sense. Let me explain. In verse 25 it says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then it follows with this, So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And Moffat simply, because he had the, uh, even though he was a brilliant translator, he had a false paradigm in his mind as to what this passage was supposed to mean. And it simply didn't fit that after Paul, to him that is, that after Paul had said, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord who has delivered me from this body of death, that he would then say, so I serve the law of God with my mind, but the law of flesh with my sin, uh, the, the, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. That completely confused him, so he removed it from where it is, and put it farther up, presuming that it had been mistakenly, mistakenly transposed in the ancient times. Well, why did he do that? Because he misunderstood what so many other Christians misunderstand. Paul is not talking about deliverance in our human nature from our human nature in the, how can I say it to you? It is deliverance from our human nature, but it is not. Let me explain that. I think you already know where I'm going with this, of course. 
We are delivered from this body of death because Christ has taken the judgment for it upon the cross so that our body of death, that is our human nature, is no longer under judgment because Christ took the judgment. We are no longer condemned for it because Christ took the condemnation for it. We are no longer identified in it because Christ took that identity for us, do you see? And so though we still have the body of death, the sinful nature, it does not weigh us down as it did before we knew Christ because before we knew Christ it weighed us down with shame and guilt and fear. So you see, Paul is talking in the same way that he talks in chapter 5 of Romans, where we are in the kingdom of Adam, of sin and death, but by faith we are in the kingdom of Christ, where there is life and uh, innocence, justification, at the same time, you see. And this is what Paul is saying here. That is why he can say, with the mind I serve the law of God. That is my faith mind, of course. But with the flesh, my human nature still responds if I keep letting it, or try to, uh, even if I try to stop it, it sometimes gets through. Um, that still exists also. But you see, Moffat and others who do not understand how Paul is teaching here come to the wrong conclusion and think that Paul is talking about an existential, interior, subjective deliverance. And in the misunderstanding of that, he places himself outside of the gospel itself. He may not realize that he's done that, but that's what so many other Christians do. They say, I, can't, I, can't, I just can't identify with Paul in chapter 7 of Romans because he says, uh, I'm dead to the law. Well, I haven't died to, to the law's condemnation because I'm still falling and failing. They simply cannot identify with the gospel because they haven't grasped it. They're continually looking at what it does for me. Where am I in this picture? Well, I hope you get the point then. So, Moffat, if you ever come across uh, uh, an um, antique bookstore and, and find a, a, a translation of Moffat's, uh, Moffat's translation of the New Testament, pick it up. Get a hold of it, because it's a, <laughs> a unique example of somebody who, a translator, brilliant in himself, who goofed uh, in a serious way by misunderstanding where Paul was going with his argument. Well, let's review it now before we move into chapter 8, uh, because this is a marvelous chapter that we all need to understand as in order to grow in Jesus Christ. Paul is telling us, that we have become dead to the law. And we need to understand what he means. That's verse 4. And some people, because they are continually interpreting Paul in a psychological way or psychology way, think he means that um, we are now dead to the law's 
condemnation and judgment because over the years, over the decades, we've finally overcome all our sins so that the law cannot condemn us anymore. And uh, therefore the law is virtually dead because we have overcome our sins and there is no more judgment against us. That's what they think he's saying, but in fact he is not, of course. This chapter is all about Christ. It is not all about us. And because it's all about Christ, it is about us, but indirectly, do you see? So verse 5 says, we were in, When we were in the flesh, the sinful passions were aroused by the law and were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. What a stunning statement that is. The reason we have to die to the law and be dead to it, counted dead in Christ, is that the law stimulates our passions. Well, the law is holy and good and righteous, Paul points out a little later, so how can it possibly do that? Well, when it mixes, mixes with uh, our human nature, it's like oil mixing with water. They don't mix, and uh, there is no harmony between the law and our human nature. The law calls for righteousness, but our human nature calls for sin and death. And those who don't understand that are the legalists and the perfectionists who think that by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus will gradually lead them to harmony with the law. No, he won't. He doesn't, because law is about principles and faith in Jesus is about a person, our Jesus Christ who delivers us. And why does this have to be this way? Because Paul then explains in verses uh, 8 and 11 and 13 that Satan operates behind the law. He is taking opportunity of the law. How does he do that? Well, he tempts us first to arouse our passions and our desires for our addictions and what have you. And then once we are aroused, then he steps over onto the other side of the stage and says, you ought not to do that. God will be mad with you. And so he uses our temptation to get us to feel condemned by the law. That is what it means in verse 8 and 11 and 13 when it says, sin taking opportunity by the commandment produced in me all manner of evil desire. And if we fall for Satan's trap, we will fall for the temptation to obey the law. Now look, that sounds blasphemous almost, but that's the implication of verses 8 and 11 and 13. We must not fall for the temptation to strive to obey the law, because that's exactly what Satan wants us to do, because he knows that we will fall headlong into it if we do. We must rather rush to Jesus Christ by our faith in him and say, Have mercy on me, Lord. Forgive my sins. I thank you that I'm not condemned in you. I thank you that in you I'm counted as righteous and freed from the condemnation of the law. That's the only way of spiritual growth and, and growth, psychological growth, too. And so then, Paul explains why this has to be because the f of the fact that the law is spiritual, that's verse 14, but we are carnal. 
Now, some people get that completely the other way round and think that we don't follow the law anymore because the law is carnal. It deals with outward things. Uh, But we are spiritual beings. No, don't get that idea. You'll soon end up in pride in a bog. The law is so spiritual that we cannot possibly reach it. Jesus, who said, you shall not kill, said, but that means you shall not even hate. And so the law is deeply spiritual. It goes to the core of our being. We need, therefore, to be delivered from it. And this is where Paul is able to say, so then if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I do it, but sin that dwells within me. Because of our faith in Jesus Christ, Jesus who stood in for us, who represents us, who took all our judgment to the cross, we can now say that the stimulations of our human nature are no longer to be identified as the true us, the true me, the true I. And this is where we learn to separate our mind from the sins that we are struggling with, not because we are in denial, but because in separating our sense of I and sense of self from our sins, we begin to make headway out of them. And thus, Paul says, I'm a wretched man, but I thank God through Jesus Christ who has delivered me from this body of death. Delivered because I'm no longer in its, under its judgment, even though it still is with me until the kingdom, but it no longer holds me back. I appreciate your joining me every day. Colin Cook here. This is a program you can hear on your smartphone. Simply download a free app, uh, soundcloud.com or podbean.com and key in how it happens with Colin Cook when you get there. In that way, you can hear the program any time of the day or night. And if you would care to think about a donation to help the program now in its 26th year on KLTT Radio, then please send a donation. You can do so online by going to faithquestradio.com. Or you can send your donation to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. Thanks for all your help. Thanks for your little notes that you send. So encouraging. I appreciate it. And I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless.